This is Edward Mazur, Chairman of the City Club of Chicago. Our program today focused on the 2020 Census and its meaning and impact for Chicago, the suburbs, and the state of Illinois. We had three speakers, Oswaldo Alvarez, who is the State of Illinois Census Director, Anita Banerjee, who leads Forefront's Democracy Initiative for the Census 2020 Outreach, and Cook County Commissioner Stanley Moore of the 4th District, who is the chairman of the Cook County Complete Count Census Commission. It's hard to overstate the importance of the census to everyday life in the city of Chicago, the suburbs, and the United States. The vast amount of demographic information it will gather determines who gets how much political power in Congress and the states. It steers more than a trillion dollars in federal funding for health care and other critical services. The census guides long-term economic decisions by governments, corporations, and mom-and-pop stores. The census helps determine the location of highways, schools, hospitals, housing, police, and fire stations. All of us, wherever we live, and whatever our politics, depend on the census being as complete and accurate as possible. Properly conducted, the 2020 census will give us the clearest possible picture of what Chicago, the suburbs, Illinois, and our country looks like. That is essential for a representative democracy. With us today are three people who are intimately involved in seeing that we get the best count possible for Chicago, the suburbs, and the state of Illinois. Our guests today include Oswaldo Alvarez, who is the state of Illinois Census Director and helps oversee all operations, including grant management, marketing, and government relations. He has a Master's in Social Policy from the University of Chicago, a Bachelor in Economics and Political Science from the University of Wisconsin at Madison. Mr. Alvarez is a fluent Spanish speaker. Also on our panel today is Anita Benerjee. Anita leads Forefront's Democracy Initiative, Census 2020 Outreach, and Civic Engagement Work in Illinois. She has extensive experience in the nonprofit sector. She focuses on policy, social policy issues over the past two decades. Most recently, she served as legislative director for the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services. She is a graduate of the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana, a member of the Illinois Women's Institute Leadership Alumni, a 2019 Edgar Fellows alum, a member of Cook County's Community Advisory Panel, and a new board member of Illinois Public Narrative. Also with us today is Commissioner Stanley Moore. Stanley Moore is serving his second full four-year term as Commissioner on the Cook County Board. He represents the 4th District, which includes several Chicago wards, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, the 21st, and part of the 7th. Also, it stretches from the suburbs of Evergreen Park to Lake Michigan and Lansing, Illinois. Stanley Moore has developed a reputation 
as one of the most progressive leaders in county government. He chairs the Cook County Board of Commissioner Asset Management Committee, Contract Compliance Committee, Criminal Justice and Law Enforcement, and is the committee chairman of the Law Enforcement Committee for the Forest Preserve District Board of Commissioners. County Board President Tony Preckwinkle appointed Stanley Moore to head up the Cook County Complete Count Census Commission. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. I'm glad you could join with us today. Um, Oswaldo Alvarez, how would you like to kick off our comments and then we'll move to Anita and then Commissioner Moore and then get into questions and answers. Uh, thank you so much, um, Ed, for the invitation. Uh, first and foremost, on, on behalf of the, of the Census Office, we are very grateful that the City Club has taken this role to do this outreach that we so desperately need. Um, as you said, the census, uh, can, the importance of the census cannot be understate, under, understated. The census, uh, one of the things that we always tell people is that it is the sixth sentence of the U.S. Constitution. Even though we try to, we, sometimes we joke around and we tell people freedom of speech, that was an amendment, it was an afterthought. What we usually tell people is um, the, the, the census is, is one of the very few tools that, that, that we have here in the U.S. to make sure that we know how to distribute resources and how to distribute political representation across the entire United States of America. Um, because of this, the census is one of the very few tools that we all have to civically engage and to make sure that we exist in this nation. The census is for everyone. The census, again, let me say this again, is for everyone in this nation, immigrants, residents, citizens, anyone who lives in this country must be counted and needs to be counted. Because of that, um, in last year, the state of Illinois invested uh, $29 million for us to make sure that the state of Illinois has a complete and accurate count. This year, in fiscal year 21, we invested $14.5 million to make sure that we can see the census all the way to the finish line. Uh, we are the only state in the nation that invested resources in this fiscal year. We have, uh, we have applied a strategy where we are working with grassroots, community-based nonprofits, municipal governments all across the state to make sure that our neighborhoods and our cities and municipalities get an accurate count. There's still a lot of work ahead of us. Uh, uh, neighborhoods like Back of the Yards, Englewood, Little Village, North Lawndale, or other places like Waukegan, Joliet, Carbondale. All of these places are, we're still seeing uh, a response rates lagging. And so we are, again, thankful for this invitation. We want to make sure that we spread the word, that people understand what the census is, how simple it is, and how much power it brings to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Anita, Anita Benergy, it's your turn to tell us about the census and its importance. Yes, thank you, Ed. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, so I'm Anita Banerjee. I'm the director of the Democracy Initiative at a statewide nonprofit called Forefront. We pulled together uh, a program on all things civic engagement three years ago with the importance of bringing communities together, understanding that every 10 years we have an opportunity 
to ensure that every resident across the country, across our state, gets counted. So for those very reasons that Ed and Oswaldo mentioned um, is why, right? First and foremost, it's our federal uh, resources, the federal dollars that come into our state based off of the census count every 10 years. These are necessary resources that residents all across the state rely on day in and day out. And when you have an undercount, then you know that resources are not equitably distributed across our state. And we also know that there has been considerable outward migration from our state in the last five years alone. So we have to work even harder to ensure that we don't have an undercount so that we can provide, another reason why the census is so important, we can provide for that better tomorrow, right? And then the third reason, right, and I would be remiss if I didn't address this, is that our congressional apportionment is determined on our census count. And at a time in our country when we know that we need to rely on our congressional leaders to help move so many causes and issues forward, we need to ensure that we have the appropriate number of members in our congressional delegation to help us with our better tomorrow. You know, we're at a time in our country when we have a global pandemic that is plaguing our society, we have a fledgling economy, and we have uncertainty within our communities. This kind of unrest is uh, palpable, it's exhausting, and it is a, a moment in time when we need to realize that we've got these tools in our toolbox that we need to rely on to help us get to that better tomorrow. The 2020 census is one of those very important tools. Without accurate data, we don't know where uh, people are residing, where there's new growth of hard to count populations. Uh, we can't provide for data for small businesses to grow, for new businesses to grow. We need to have accurate data so that we can incentivize for our children to stay in Illinois so that they come, come to become our community leaders. So Forefront has pulled together a program called the Illinois Count Me In 2020 program. And for the past three years, we've worked in community, um, in public-private partnership with government, with philanthropy, and with nonprofits to ensure that communities all across the state are getting counted. And knowing that the 2020 census had, has had considerable challenges Right. First and foremost, the census went online for the first time in census history. And that's an amazing uh, accomplishment. Right. Like we should be keeping up with technology. But we are also very much aware of the digital divide in our country and the importance of recognizing that we need to meet people where they are in community. So that was one of the biggest challenges to the 2020 census. Then, of course, came the citizenship question that was proposed in 2018, and it took over a year uh, for the courts and the Bureau to recognize that that question would not be on the 2020 census form. And just when we were getting ready to go uh, and, and commence on self-response, the COVID crisis was in full bloom. And then amidst the COVID crisis, all of our advocates had to pivot 
they had to think about what is the best way to still connect with community when you can't reach people in person. So as you can imagine, we the stakes have never been higher. We've got our work cut out for us. And now with the 11th hour stretch, when we've got a few weeks left to get people counted, we know that there are districts and uh, census tracts that are lagging far below the 2010 count. So this is a good opportunity today to think about reaching out to people in your household, in your communities, in your neighborhoods, and, and really ask them to take 10 minutes out of their day to get counted so that we have that accurate data for our better tomorrow. Thank you, Anita. Thank you very much. And now, Cook County Commissioner Stanley Moore. Stanley? Ed, thank you. Thank you so much. And I want to also thank Amanda, our Executive Director for the City Club, for inviting me today. I'm Stanley Moore, Cook County Commissioner of the 4th District. This is a great opportunity for us to get our message out today. And I want to thank the panelists that are here with us, Anita and also Aswaldo, um, for their partnership with the Complete and Accurate Census Count. I serve as chairman of the Cook County Complete Count Census Commission, and I'm also co-chairman of the National Association of Counties, the 2020 Census Working Group. Uh, Eric Garcetti, mayor of Los Angeles, named me uh, census, national census champion. So the census is personal for me. My father, Stanley D. Moore, taught me to the importance of the census at a young age. My father was the longest serving regional director of the U.S. Census Bureau, Department of Commerce, going on his seventh census. Every day I had census served for me for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. My father's leadership was instrumental in formatting and forming the Census Bureau Complete Count Census Commission and committees. My father's the one that actually created the concept of a complete count census committee and commission. These committees and these commissions are utilized nationally by state, county, city, and non-for-profit community-based organizations to coordinate and plan the marketing and communication strategies to educate the population about why it's important to complete your census, uh, census forms. The census is vital to our economic and social health and vitality of our region. The census determines how billions of federal dollars are spent into our communities in forms of roads, schools, bridges, small businesses, health clinics, emergency response, and more. In addition, the census count determines our political representation at the federal, the state, and our local levels. A report from the George Washington University stated that for every person that is not counted in Illinois, that the state would lose approximately $1,400 per person or $14,000 over a decade, over a 10-year period. We are in the final stretch of getting as many people counted in Cook County and Chicago as possible with this 2020 census. We've had more challenges than we care to even discuss. We've invested close to $40 million across the state of Illinois, Cook County, and the city of Chicago in grants by the way of non-for-profits and local governments for a comprehensive marketing and outreach campaign throughout our area. Our collective efforts have resulted in the state of Illinois being in the top 10 nationally in self-response rates. We've experienced challenges, though, and in our census efforts from the COVID pandemic to civil unrest to the looting and other events that have diverted the public's attention away from the importance of being counted. 
But today's panel will provide a unique opportunity, I believe, for us to share insight and perspectives to leverage our collective networks to drive a last-ditch efforts engagement to push for the 2020 census. As someone once told me, see a need and we'll fill it. I look forward to how this conversation will fill the needs and get our residents counted. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Commissioner Moore, and thank your father for all of his work over those years um, in developing uh, the census and working on that. So, uh, numerous questions. Um, one would be, what areas of Chicago, and this may be true in some of the suburbs as well, are lagging in their responses to the census, and what do we see happening in those areas in the next two weeks? Oswaldo, you want to respond to that, and then we'll just move across the panelists? Uh, for sure. Uh, thank you. Um, areas of Chicago um, include the neighborhoods that I actually have just mentioned. So we're talking about um, predominantly black and brown communities across Chicago. Um, for ex- the, the, the neighborhood that has the lowest response rate currently is back of the yards neighborhood, which is in the, which the technical name in Chicago is New City neighborhood. Um, that neighborhood has um, un- under 40% response rates. Now, a trend that we are seeing is that um, neighborhood cities across that look like back of the yards, if you will, are um, and and Englewood and North Lawndale and Little Village are are places where we are seeing the the, the lag. So, for example, we're talking about uh, cities that surround the Chicagoland area, such as Waukegan, Elgin, Aurora, Joliet. So these are places that um, that actually a place like Elgin, Illinois, for example, are places that, um, as as Anita was saying earlier, our state has been declining in population. The city of Chicago has declining has been declining in population, and yet a place like Elgin, Illinois, for example, had a projected growth of two point four percent. We cannot capture that growth unless we have a complete and accurate count, which, of course, as everyone was saying, you know, this is what we need in order to make sure that a place like Elgin, again, gets the equitable resources and the equitable representation that it deserves. Um, some of the strategies that we have been implementing as a state, we are, again, working with community-based nonprofits. We're working with um, um, the media. We're working with local businesses with the faith community to make sure that we, that everyone um, who are, who we want to make sure that leaders in the community are the ones who are, uh, who are delivering the message of why the census is important. Uh, We, for example, some of the things we are also engaged in, contests. We are currently having one that we're calling the Quinceanera contest, right? Where if you fill out the census, you can come up onto this contest and you might win the dress and the cake and the DJ and what have you. Um, We're trying to be as creative as possible. We're trying to, um, uh, we're working very closely with the minority caucuses in uh, Illinois. So we're working very closely with the Black Caucus, the Asian American Caucus, and the Latino Caucus to make sure that we have events in the neighborhood that make sense for people in the neighborhood. 
just an example, just two days ago, we had an event over in uh, the Gage Park area, uh, neighborhood of Chicago, where we were working with a local laundromat. And um, as people were coming in into the laundromat, we were having people uh, complete the census. Some of the swag material, um, we kind of evolved from it being T-shirts to now maybe um, uh, a face masks, hand sanitizer. And in the case of the laundromat, uh, detergent. So um, we are trying to be as creative again as possible to make sure that, um, that 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 people do complete the census. But again, also for people to understand the importance of what the census brings to their communities. Thank you, Oswaldo. Anita, would you like to add to what Oswaldo has pointed out to us? Sure. All I would add is that, um, indeed, our south and west sides of our city are lagging behind the 2010 count. Uh, and we really need our hard-to-count communities, our communities of color, our immigrant communities to get counted. Um, those are the very communities uh, that are lagging behind at this point in time. And as Oswaldo mentioned, we are trying to pull out the stops. We're trying to keep up uh, the beat and in- ensure that our communities are getting counted. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the COVID crisis has really made it difficult to be in community, to meet people in person. Um, and there's really no alternative for that. Uh, but despite the odds, we are working hard um, to ensure that these communities are getting counted. Uh, this is Cook County's Census Week of Action. The state of Illinois um, had, had uh, begun a road show right after Labor Day uh, to meet in communities in the central and southern parts of our state with other elected officials, with the governor, with um, the, with Secretary Ho of the Illinois Department of Human Services um, to ensure that we are using our trusted voices uh, to get out the count and remind people that it's safe uh, to get counted and that it's important to get counted. The city of Chicago has a census caravan that has been a really popular a van that is going in and out of communities, um, encouraging these very communities to get counted. Uh, They are continuing their phone banking and texting program uh, that they are working in partnership closely with Chicago Cares on, and that will continue through the end of the month. And then we are also making sure that we're working with the park districts and the libraries, uh, the farmers markets, uh, anywhere that we can meet people in community, we're trying to get that word out uh, to ensure that residents all across the city are getting counted. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Moore, um, what would an undercount, what would be some of the impacts on county government, um, health care, um, the social justice system, uh, the court systems, um, that are so important to the everyday lives of Chicagoans, suburbanites, and so forth. If we don't get a good count, what does this mean in the future? And if, if we don't get a good count, not just the county's in trouble, but the city and the state as well. I mean, on a county level, we have 350, mi- 350 miles of county-owned road. Uh, that money comes from the federal government. Our motor fuel tax comes from the federal government. Every every federal dollar that comes to Cook County is in jeopardy based upon the census numbers. The census tells us how many federal dollars we deserve. And one of the things that I'd like to go back to, and I just want to make sure that everybody, all your listening audience, 
understands you're going to hear a lot of us talk about hard to count populations, hard to count cities. You know, we call them hard to count. Well, people need to understand that just because when we say hard to count, we're not just talking about black and brown communities. We're talking about people who live in multifamily housing units. We're talking about renters, occupied housing units. We're talking about uh, hard to count as occupied housing units with no internet service. We're talking about homes that receive federal subsidies. These are all hard to count. And I like that Anita mentioned uh, trusted voices. You know, the, the only way to get the message across is not TV, is not radio, is not internet. It's a trusted voice. If some, Ed, if someone, your, your dearest friends don't want to participate in the census, there's nothing I can say to them to make them want to participate. But you, you're a trusted voice to your friends. And when you tell them it's okay to participate, that's when they decide that they want to participate because Ed said so. And that's the important thing about having an ambassador or a trusted voice, finding the right trusted leader to talk to a distrustful population. That's what a hard to count population is. And I think that when we all understand what a real hard to count population is and who can talk to those hard to count populations, we'll get a better census outcome. So in communities around the city and the suburbs, we're talking about people in the uh, faith community. We're talking about coaches, teachers, um, block club leaders, and so on, reaching out and convincing their neighbors that it's in their direct and personal interest to complete the census. Is that correct? That's correct. Mm -hmm. And people are going around, knocking on doors, census collectors, I believe they're called. Is there still an opportunity or is there still a shortage of these kinds of men and women to do these jobs? I don't know if you want me to take that or if someone else want to take it. Well, you know, this, this particular census has been one of the most challenging that I've ever uh, come across. And, you know, in years past, my father has always been very successful at going into every community and identifying who those trusted voices are and working with them to educate their populations. Now, I didn't say he went in and educated their populations. He went in and found the right people that could go in and talk to those populations and educate those populations themselves. And so when you say that the state of Illinois right now, we say we're number 10 in response. But uh, if you look at the number closely, Cook County is still only somewhere around 65 percent. We haven't hit the 70 percent response rate yet. And that's not good. That's going to affect all of our dollars uh, this 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 next fiscal year, and so we got to get that number up. We have to give a last ditch effort, and that's why I'm so glad that City Club decided to choose this week to help us get the message out to tell people that we need your help. You know, here's the alternative: if we don't get that money from the federal government based on the census, you know how local politicians make that money up? They raise taxes. And nobody wants to raise taxes. Absolutely. Um, Oswaldo, do you have a comment on this subject? 
Um, I, I think that um, um, right from the beginning, I mean, so the, the, the subject is still on, on the census takers, right? And um, so I will say that um, right from the beginning, the U.S. Census Bureau always knew and was always predicting that there would be like a high turnover in, um, in, in people who are, uh, who are sent, who apply for the job. And many times they don't even show up to the job. And, you know, the job is, a, it has many different shifts and what have you. So because of that, at the state, what we released, we released like a, um, a text messaging tool that allowed for us to be able to um, help people as people were applying for the job uh, and and as they are um, going through the process and before they start and what have you. And we're working very closely with the U.S. Census Bureau to facilitate that piece of the process. So, um, but, you know, I think just as everyone said, this has been one of the most challenging um, um, uh, census because of COVID. It's, it's, you know, people, when it comes to the door knocking, um, it has, you know, we have the social distancing that we have to apply. Um, many times is, as Commissioner Moore said, it, working with multi, like with, 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 these buildings where there's a lot of, we know that a lot of families live, it's hard to get door to uh, door. So it's just been, um, it's been, it, it, it has been a, a true challenge. Um, and so for us, uh, that is why we are trying to push as much as we can, the self-response, the online, the, the phone number, uh, the paper questionnaire, uh, just to make sure that um, we get the most accurate data. Because uh, when people self-respond and when they say their entirety for in, in their in, in its entirety, who lives in their house is when the, the census has the most complete and accurate data. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been a challenge. Um, and, you know, as Commissioner Moore said, I mean, I mean, we have been trying to do as much as we can. I mean, yeah, Illinois, we have consistently ranked top seven. Uh, number seven, top 10. Um, out of the top 10, we are the most populous uh, state. So like the top five, for example, are like Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin. So we are a state that has um, very unique challenges, right? If you compare us to those other states. And the city of Chicago, for a long time, we were, um, we were ahead of all cities with over 2 million people. So that's really Houston, LA, and New York. As of a couple of weeks ago, New York is ahead of us, which... We are thinking, how the, how did this happen? But um, we are trying our best. We're trying our best, um, and uh, um, you know, and it's just, and it's just, and, and we we knew a lot of a lot of the challenges. But again, COVID, when COVID came in, it um, it, it threw in a, a completely new wrench that that we were all trying to figure it out on the go. Thank you. Uh, how significant of a barrier is language to this? accurate census. Uh, Anita, um, you're of Asian, Indian background, Oswaldo, uh, Latinx. Um, I'm not sure about Commissioner Moore, but... Uh, five languages, five. Okay, he only speaks five languages. That's what happens when you're a graduate of Southern Illinois University. That's right. Okay, I'm curious. Uh, this question of, of language... Yeah, I can take that. So, you know, when you think about um, civic engagement and you think about reaching people in community, a lot of it is predicated around language and language access. And when you think about the large urban areas where you have concentrated immigrant communities, um, there is a real need uh, for meeting people 
in, in language accessibility. And I would say that that's certainly been a barrier, particularly with the 2020 census, when uh, we were relying on a number of advocates to be able to go door to door and speak in various languages, to be able to hold gatherings in various languages, to be able to ensure that our disability communities that are of languages also had access to those necessary resources that would make people feel safe um, and, and understand what the complexities of uh, the 2020 census are. Um, so having said that, um, I believe that a lot of the urban areas that are lagging behind in the 2020 census um, have a number of communities that need access to language materials. Um, and even if you have access, they need people to be able to translate. They need people to be able to answer questions. And they need a lot of this to happen in real time. And so that's yet been another challenge uh, to this decennial census. Thank you. Oswaldo, do you have some comments to add to that? And then Commissioner Moore? Yeah, I mean, I think that I would say, I mean, I think that one of the, when, when we came into the census, we knew that we needed to think about different languages that were reflected in our city. And we know that we, in, uh, an effective strategy to be able to reach people is if you can talk like them. Uh, as we engaged even in the, in the, in the census, one of the things that actually was, I mean, we started seeing it as the data was coming in is that a lot of the neighborhood, the neighborhoods and a lot of the places where we saw a big lag were actually places where there was, there were a lot of, um, um, based on estimates, we knew that a lot of millennials and a lot of younger individuals live and resided in. And we were like, and part of what we were wondering is, are we not reaching out to them effectively? Um, and when we even speak of the word of language, I mean, I think that a piece of I, what I also want to make sure that I highlight is that language is not, we're not just talking about Spanish, English, French, Urdu, Arabic, we're talking about the, how, how people communicate and how people feel like they interact civically. Um, and I say that in that, in that, for example, and I really, and I really, and this was one thing that we were, that we started to pivot when we started to pivot strategy was that, we saw that, for example, a lot of millennials, a lot of um, um, uh, well, a lot of neighborhoods that have a lot of millennials, and uh, we're not responding. And we also know one of the things that we know is that a lot of the, these same individuals are individuals that, for example, are engaged when when it comes to work. For example, they work in the gig industry, and the gig industry um, um, it includes everything from. Um, electrician to hairdressing to Uber driving to a, a whole lot of different industries in which people, in order to be able to make a living, now engage in. Um, and so these are industries that are not necessarily connected with uh, the government in a traditional way, if you will. If anything, many of these individuals are probably probably do not want to engage with government because engaging with government might reveal something, if you will. Um, and so the census then becomes like, that's government. And why would I engage with that when that is not necessarily something that has been serving me? Um, and so that is a big piece of what we have been trying to fight, for example, how to, how to speak the language, if you will, that people understand that, that, that for people to be able to digest the information and be able to know again, that just by filling out the census, they can twist government's arm to now they have to invest in you and now they have to represent you. And so these are some of the things that, that, um, that we have been trying to do um, along the way. So, I mean, I just also wanted to put that out there that, that when we speak about language, um, it's not just 
like the actual language of like, you know, what, again, Spanish, English, whatever, right? We're talking about how do people understand uh, the message? Thank you, Oswaldo. Uh, Commissioner Moore, your perspective on the language barrier. So every 10 years, the Census Bureau has to take uh, the population count. And outside of the population count, in off years, they do something called the American Survey, American Community Survey count. And during the last 2016, I think they took the American Community Survey count. uh, It told the Census Bureau that they needed to add seven new languages to the census for the 2020. And so seven new languages were added to the 2020 census that are commonly spoken. At least 60,000 households in Illinois use those different seven languages, seven different languages. But what's important to understand, and, and like Oswaldo said, is it's not whether or not the Census Bureau has the capacity to translate or the Census Bureau has the capacity to put the information out there in those different languages. It's whether or not people who speak those languages trust the Census Bureau with their information. And so putting those that languages, putting those languages out there on a piece of paper is not simply enough to to make people understand the importance of the census and why we need to to uh, uh, we need to translate and find people who can speak those languages that they trust to give those messages to those communities. Thank you. Um, If there's a strong or, or significant undercount commissioner, what? might this mean in terms of political districts in our area that are known as, referred to as black wards, Latinx wards, and so on? Could there be a diminution of diverse office holders because of the undercount if it comes about? Definitely, definitely. So we know we're going to lose one congressional seat, and we've lost a congressional seat every census for the last 10 censuses. I mean, we, it is, we have lost so much population over the years, and we continue to lose represent, representation in Congress. And not just federally, but we lose representation locally. For instance, a Cook County commissioner has approximately 330,000 people in each one of their districts. And so we break those districts up by population based on the total population count. And so we may see the loss of an African-American seat. We may see the loss of a Latino seat. We may see the loss of or we may gain in certain respects in the last census. We gained an Asian state representative, which was awesome. It was awesome that we were able to show that we had enough representation to create a seat that an Asian could actually take a state representative seat and represent that community. So that's what's important. If your community doesn't have someone sitting at the table, then you don't, you're not on the menu. I mean, you're not at the table, you're on the menu. We have to have representation to argue for resources for your community. And the more representation you have, the better it is. So right now, everyone is concerned and how these numbers are going to trickulate down to our representation in Washington, to our representation at the state and city level, and at the county level. So the stakes are enormous and highly impactful. Um, By the way, was that uh, Asian-American representative uh, Teresa Ma? Teresa Ma. 
Dynamite one of my, representative. One of my former students. I had to get in a little. Is she? <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, she'll tell you herself if you ever talk to her. She knows that the last census created her seat and how important it was for her community to have a representative to speak out on their behalf. And I'm she's sure. done a dynamite job at that. Thank you very and, much. And, and Ed, if I could just yeah. jump in really quick and add, um, you know, Illinois is one of the few states that has the largest per capita investment for a fair and accurate count. Um, never before has Illinois worked so closely with the state, the city, the county, um, uh, philanthropy to ensure that we have a fair and accurate count in our state. And we have, against the odds, worked closely together amidst this uh, time of crisis. And when you think about what does this mean for fair representation, what does this mean for redistricting, all of this work will be for naught if we don't take the time to be thoughtful of the data that is being collected and, and, and making sure that it's equitably represented, as the commissioner mentioned, as Commissioner Moore mentioned, like this work has been incredibly meaningful and incredibly collaborative. And it would be a real disservice to our state if we didn't work together to continue uh, for a fair representation uh, in, in the drawing of districts. Absolutely. Um, this is a question from Otto Brown, one of our viewers today. What is the plan for counting the homeless in Chicago, the suburbs, and the state? Who would like to answer that question? So the service-based enumeration process starts next week. Uh, the Census Bureau will be in full force between the 22nd and the 24th, uh, and we'll be relying on advocates, on nonprofits, on trusted messengers to help us recognize where the homeless reside. Uh, this program is different. It's not about self-response. It's about going into communities, uh, to shelters, to group homes, to nursing homes, to ensure that um, this specific population is being counted. Now, understanding that the Census Bureau is looking to ramp down its work in the next couple of weeks, this particular process is important because we need to ensure the data that is collected from this particular um, subsect of the population is accurate. And when we're down to the wire, we need all hands on deck to help us make sure that this is accurately done. Thank you. Um, Commissioner, any comment about counting the homeless? Yeah. So, Ed, uh, first of all, I want to take a step back, and I want to make sure that I give a shout-out to Governor Pritzker. Um, at the time when we first went to him two years ago, and we told him that this was important and it needed to be uh, funded, he was one of the first governors to step up in the country and to fund the census like he did. And also a shout out to uh, my president, President Tony Prentwinkle, who I know I gave her all kinds of grief in funding this, the Census Bureau, but she listened to me and she funded it and she funded it to the tune of $4 million so we could help get the message out on a county level. So I definitely have to make sure that I mention that for both of them. And uh, um, I want to make sure that that we, we say that uh, um, as far as I want to make sure we... Ed, repeat that exact question. I want to get it right. Uh, making sure the homeless are counted. So 
what what the Census Bureau does typically is they use all kinds of data that comes in from homeless shelters, that comes in from soup kitchens, that comes in from they use administrative records to make sure that they're counting the homeless population. The days of actually going out and going under the bridge, I don't think I've uh, I've seen the Census Bureau do that in a long time, and they don't have the manpower to do it anymore. Um, what the Census Bureau has said is that the days of brick and mortar and hiring thousands and thousands of people and putting them on the street have passed. They're doing a lot of things through administrative records, and they're doing a lot of things through uh, collecting information and data different ways instead of the physical going out and walking the streets. Thank you. Um, well, that leads into my next question uh, from City Club member Sarah Luyengi, and that is, because of COVID-19, most businesses are closed that people typically use to access Wi-Fi. Do you think this is having an effect on the count? I think it's having a major effect on the count. Um, There are still households that don't have Wi-Fi. As we're finding out right now with Chicago Public Schools, all the kids returning to school, we're having to provide internet service for each of those kids that are studying virtually. So, you know, if if we hadn't had the pandemic, we wouldn't have had internet in all of these households. There are still communities in my district, in my southern part of my district, in the south suburbs, that do not have internet access. Olive, a shout out to Olive Harvey, um, whose president has offered a virtual van or, or bus that she has that is driving through the communities and providing Wi-Fi through a satellite. It's a $300,000 uh, piece of equipment that Olive Harvey is using to provide internet service in communities that doesn't have internet just to help them fill out their census form. So this is a good example of how um, different bodies have come together, the county government, uh, the city college, Chicago, other community groups to try to make sure we get an accurate count. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oswaldo, I, I have a question that perhaps you would like to answer. And that is, um, in immigrant communities in particular, are people concerned about reprisals from the federal government if they complete the census forms? Um, so the answer is um, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, just to go back to your, your previous question on working with the homeless, and then I'll go into your question right now. Uh, a, a, a center, uh, the core, a core piece of our strategy has been working with the community-based nonprofits who are the trusted messengers, as we were just saying. For example, in working with the homeless community, uh, with the community who are experiencing homelessness, we have been working very closely with um, Streetwise, with All Chicago, uh, with um, a number of other nonprofits um, who are um, who employ people who are experiencing homelessness, and as they are employing people who are experiencing homelessness, these same individuals have to go to their friends, as Commissioner Moore was saying, um, to, re- to get people to self-register on the census. On the census, there is a way for you to click. If you do not have an address, then you, you can click on what park, what corner, what have you, do you 
consider yourself residing in. Um, and so what that strategy is that it is, it is that, um, it is in the same spirit of that strategy that we have been working very closely with community based nonprofits who work with the Latino community, who work with immigrant communities, with undocumented immigrant communities, um, to make sure that, uh, that they employ people who look like them and, 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 and for people to be able to deliver the message. It is unfortunate that um, what we have received from the administration has been a completely different message of what the census is. So just with um, the, as Anita was saying earlier, that they were, that last year they, they, uh, the administration was trying to introduce a citizenship question. And this year, um, in July, there was a memo that was issued uh, that was trying to exclude undocumented, undocumented immigrants uh, from the census for apportionment, for, for apportionment when it comes to redistricting and all of that. Um, and so, so these are messages that immigrant communities are hearing, right? And so you could only imagine how hard it is for us to then go in and try to counter it and tell them, there is no citizenship question. Um, in my work, doing this work, I have already met four other Oswaldo Alvarez, the exact same spelling. One thing that I tell people is the census does not have any tool to be able to separate the cipher one Oswaldo Alvarez from another Oswaldo Alvarez. Just like the U.S. Postal Office doesn't have that kind of means either, neither does the U.S. Census Bureau. So these are some of the messages that we try to tell people. We also, you know, when it comes to immigrant communities, there is this kind of pride that people have and saying we are growing in numbers, right? And we try to tap into that pride and we tell people, well, then if you really are proud that we are that as a community, we are growing, then prove it. You know, fill out that census, claim your space, because if you don't claim it, someone else will claim it for you. So these are some of the messages that we try to, to deliver. Um, and it's although it has I mean, and it has been challenging. I, as I just said earlier, you know, um, places like Little Village, right? We still have under I mean, it's like what 41 percent, I believe, uh, response rate right now. So this is still again, you know, people are still tra- going with the larger message that they hear. And unfortunately for us, you know, we have to do twice the work to make sure that we can try to even kind of counter that message. Thank you. Uh, Anita, I noticed that uh, you were shaking your head uh, in agreement and so forth. So I'm sure you have something you would like to add to what Oswaldo has offered to us. You know, what I would add is that there have been a lot of ice Scare, ice raid scares across the country. The immigrant communities have been under siege the last uh, number of years. So it's very hard when many advocates believe that the damage is done, right? Whether there's a citizenship question on the form or not, whether there's a presidential memo out there or not, communities are afraid. Communities are in consternation. And right now, as a society, we are in consternation. So um, certainly our work has been harder for us uh, to reach out to our immigrant communities, our fellow brothers and sisters, our mothers, our fathers, our grandparents, right? And when you think about the largest undercounted population in the country, which is the zero to five population, right? And you think about the number of children that didn't have equitable resources in this last decade alone, um, it has made our fight, our job that much harder because we need to ensure that these children 
are getting counted for the next decade ahead. Um, but I'm here to tell you uh, from a fellow immigrant family that it is vital as residents of this country that constitution mandates that every person is counted. Doesn't matter if you're a citizen, doesn't matter if you're a registered voter, every person counts. And this is our very way of showing that we are very much a part of the fabric of this country, that we matter, that we count, and that this is our way of showing that we count. So the courts have upheld what the Constitution says, that every person shall be counted. It doesn't say citizens. It doesn't say immigrants. It doesn't say anything else. Am I correct? Yes, you're correct. Um, we have a couple weeks to go. What can we expect to see happening in our various communities over the next couple of weeks? Uh, Oswaldo mentioned that in Little Village, there's about a 40% response. Is the goal, <coughs> the goal to arrive at about a 70% response I think the citywide response right now is about 59 or 60 percent. So what can we expect to see in the next few weeks to elevate the count? Well, I think you're going to continue to see our trusted messengers going out in community. You're going to see um, our uh, elected officials, our complete count committee members, our advocates still working long and hard to ensure the communities are getting counted. And one of those ways that you can participate is being part of Forefront social media thunderclaps. We work very closely with Cook County, the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois, and philanthropy to ensure that as advocates, we are reaching people through Twitter, through Instagram, through TikTok, right? Our younger populations love videos. Uh, we are really going to continue to share those PSAs uh, and, you know, not just on social media, but we know that people are always texting, particularly now when we're so many of us are home, we rely on connectivity through our texting and, and our phone calls and our video chats. Um, so it's really taking the digital aspect far and wide in the last couple of weeks to ensure that we are um, getting everyone counted. Okay, I see we're almost running out of time. So Commissioner Moore, yes, final word or two. Or okay, so I just want to say thank you for having us again for this is a great uh, medium to get our message out. But just let me give you a couple of examples of some of the things that we're doing in the community, on the ground, uh, outside of social media. Um, Pilgrim Baptist Church of Southeast Chicago has partnered with Metro, and they are doing uh, drive-in movies. So we're inviting people to come out to drive-in movies, and we're going around and asking each person that comes through the doors uh, has their family participate in the census, and we're giving them census forms and information on how to fill out the census. Also, uh, one of my churches in my community is actually has a designated person in each church calling their membership and checking off. They're doing a 
checkup on each member, asking, how's your family? How's everything going? Is anybody sick? Does anybody have COVID? Have you filled out your census form? And they're going through and they're doing a checkout checklist to make sure that they have 100% participation in each one of their churches. We have other groups that are going out. We're doing food drives. We're doing COVID drives. We're doing um, we're doing a food box giveaway in Calumet City. Uh, this weekend, we're going to be giving census information in each package of food. We've partnered with Pepsi Cola, who has also provided food for us. I want to give a shout out to those guys, say thank you for the food boxes. Uh, we are dealing with uh, Frank Zuccarelli in uh, Thornton Township, who has a food pantry, has also su- supplied boxes of food. And uh, Bishop Larry Rogers Roberts uh, on Vincennes, who is also doing a, a food drive giveaway all wrapped around the census, all aimed at getting into those hard-to-count communities, uh, people who particularly don't have access to the Internet or not online, Twitter and Facebook. Thank you very much. Oswaldo, final words from you. Um, I think, you know, for me, I want to, uh, again, thank you for this uh, opportunity. And I do want to highlight what um, Commissioner Moore and Anita have said about um, you are all also our trusted messengers. Um, If we had if we have five more people on per block get counted, we would knock it out of the park here in Illinois. So I would just ask everyone who's watching. If you can reach to five, if you can reach out to five more people in your block, like in your block, reach five more people for them to fill out the census, we would be able to really uh, uh, be at a, at a place where um, uh, we our a lot of our neighborhoods and a lot of our communities would have um, that more of a complete and accurate count. Well, thank you. And if our White Sox and Cubs can knock it out of the park, come on, City Club members and followers. Let's help knock this one out of the park as well. I want to thank our participants today, Oswaldo Alvarez, Commissioner Stanley Moore, Anita Banerjee, and want to remind everybody that this broadcast will be available on WGN Radio, their blog source, and the video, and that we are a 501c3 not-for-profit, and any contributions that you can make to the City Club of Chicago will be greatly, greatly appreciated. So once again, panelists, thank you very much, and good luck in the coming days.